Welcome to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast, presented by Zenium HR. I'm your host, Brandon Laws. Whether you're an HR professional or a small business leader, each episode of this podcast is designed to bring you the latest in technical HR and leadership at your convenience. More content is available on our website at www.zeniumhr.com. Let's dive into today's topic. Hey, Brandon here, and welcome back for another episode. Before we get on with today's guest, I wanted to mention that we are at Zenium running our fourth annual, I believe it's our fourth, fourth annual What People Want From Work survey. It's absolutely free to participate. We're going to basically look at your workplace through your employees' eyes. So we'll provide you with a survey link and a predetermined list of questions we've been doing for multiple years. And we're going to basically ask your employees all about your workplace and what they feel about it. It's completely anonymous. We're going to cover areas like leadership, workplace culture, rewards and recognition, the work environment, and a couple other things. For participating, which you can sign up before September 17th, the survey is open from September 1st through the end of the end of September. Reports, the free report will go out sometime in November. Uh, and you have the option to buy up additional analysis like benchmarking against other organizations and industries. Um, but we don't share any data with anybody else about who you are. It's completely anonymous. Anyways, it's a great survey. We've had really awesome feedback in the past. The survey link is zeniumhr.com forward slash what hyphen people hyphen want hyphen from hyphen work. Link is also in the show notes. Let's go sign up before September 17th. All right, today's guest, Isaac Tolpin is the co-founder of Conveyor. And we have a discussion all about building a corporate develop, professional development program. Really, we hone in on this concept of micro-learning. Because of technology, things are moving so heavily in that direction with micro-learning and people, quite frankly, just don't have the attention span for long bouts of you know PowerPoint presentations. Uh, but we basically talk about his version of micro-learning and how a corporation or an organization can build out a perfect program and where that's all heading. So we geek out a lot on technology and all sorts of professional development ideas. And I think you're really going to love this episode. It was a really good time with Isaac. So I'll step out of the way and here's the episode with Isaac Tolpin. Hey, Isaac, it's so awesome to have you on the podcast. Welcome. Yeah, so great to be here. Thanks for having me. Tell me about your background. What what does your company do? How did you get into the space? Well, you know, conveyor.com. Uh, it's interesting as entrepreneurs, people can probably relate to this, how you get into things. But conveyor.com is a micro learning platform. And I've been an entrepreneur almost my whole life in one way or another. In my younger years, I was in direct sales. I managed two states and we were doing 5 million, eventually 10 million a year in my last few years and did all kinds of great things there. And I learned a lot from that. And I, one of the things I learned is human behavior. 
and just what is changing with young people because we worked primarily with college students and uh, helped them develop skills for life and all that kind of stuff. And then I built a e-learning agency and uh, learned a ton from that, failed at that. And uh, really, you know, Steve and Ryan and I, my business partner, uh, built Conveyor with some of that understanding. What are you seeing as, since you're learning so much in this space, what are you seeing as the biggest flaw with the way organizations are rolling out or creating development pro- programs? Because you're on the other end of the spectrum with really sophisticated technology, micro learning. We'll dive into that. But what since you built the tool in your vision, what are you seeing wrong with the way companies are doing it right now? Well, it's it's funny because they're not caring about the learner. I mean, they might think they That's are. That's a great but... point. Yeah, <laughs> it's like don't you got to build it for the customer? In this case, yeah. the customer, the learner. I mean, that's the approach we took. That's a that's a really fascinating point. It's funny because in the marketing world that I'm in, it's you basically create everything for your end user. You try to create a great user experience, and you basically yeah. think about that person wholeheartedly. I mean, we create personas and give it a give them a name you know and it's your your point about that is so spot on to me it's companies are really not putting a lot of thought into what how, how people probably want to learn so what have you oh, yeah. what have you learned throughout that process about it like how did you kind of go through all that well i mean i understand the marketing perspective too in that whole world and it's it's like a lot of people will build let's just take take the marketer for a second but a lot of people will build things for what they're passionate about delivering to the marketplace but they're not discovering first what people want to buy and i think that's that's such a good step but uh as far as the learner goes i mean we're in a youtube world i mean it's just so obvious when we talk about these things you're going to be like man this is so basic (laughs) but (laughs) why aren't people doing it and it's you know companies and uh information marketers are boring people to death i mean you might be able to sell something but getting somebody to come back to your program, even if they like the content, is incredibly hard. And the same with the employees. I mean, they're so busy, or at least they think they're busy. And they getting them back into it, you can't break learner trust. Learner trust is a really, really big deal. And everybody will identify with this as we talk about it. But you, if you break learner trust, they aren't coming back. I mean, just consider them gone. You might have taken their money, but you're not impacting the world with your content. And if you're a, you know, a boss or HR person, you might have made them learn the, the training, but they might be gritting their teeth and it might de- be deteriorating their belief in your company as they do it. When you first started Conveyor, did you, you said you worked with a lot of students at the college level and you sort of started to understand what they... Is that what I heard you say? Well, I used to be in a direct sales prior to Conveyor, okay. and, and my business partner was as well. And I just, I, I led an organization that had, it's Cutco Cutlery, the high-end kitchen yeah. cutlery. Yeah, and, oh, uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So I, I had two states, and we were doing, you know, in my last four years, we did $40 million in combined revenue, and, oh, and really? um, just kind of blew up. That's another story. But what I saw, in, and obviously I have kids too, and, and you know, been in business, and if you just pay attention to the changes, here's, here's a couple things. It's like people's attention spans are so small. And it, so is a, it is a video world, but you're not going to retain them with videos longer than four or five minutes. I mean, yeah. a lesson's got to be micro. Now, it doesn't mean you're necessarily giving less content overall. There's always this, this battle in people's minds. Okay, well, my content's super important. How am I going to deliver my content in four or five minute videos? Well, I'm not necessarily saying share less content. I'm saying in a, in, in a lesson, 
it's got to be short because there's several many things that have to happen in the lesson to align with that person and and i'm not just talking about young people this is across the board now as mm -hmm. the fastest growing group on facebook and instagram are older people more experienced people so let's let's face it we're in a new world and we have to adapt to that new world and create micro lessons that adapt to that human behavior so many things are running through my head right now but the one thing i i have to know when you when you really created this this micro content platform did you have the data to to really support that 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 people actually want that? Do they tell you it? Because I feel like you know I've read the Steve Jobs autobiography, all that, where he didn't have people telling him they want the iPad or they want the iPhone. He really just designed something probably based on data and probably partly on gut and just a good design. Do you have the data or people telling you like how did you realize that this is the the microconscious what people how people want to learn? Well, I think uh, Stephen and I are data driven, but in the beginning we were experience driven. Yeah, um, it was a it was a gut feel. It was like I had a see learning agency on the production side of it, building up celebrity influencers, corporate trainers, and so forth. And there was no software to pick that really made sense i'm like looking at this as i got into this world and i'm like why in the world is all this antiquated like it, it's built for the pc and kind of works on a mobile device mm -hmm. are you kidding me you know you're sending email notifications out to people about new, new content are you joking that's like where guilt is associated with you know uh it, it's uh it's not simple you have to have they have to log in every time so some of this is so basic. So at the beginning, it was experience-based um, from, from learning uh, what people want. And now there is a lot of data out there. And we have our own data, actually. There's a case study where, you know, the same course went to three companies, Marriott, Coke, and Capital One, 30 lessons, all under five minutes. The whole experience is under five minutes. One engagement question, sh short lesson, talking head video, no special editing in the video. And uh, Coke and Marriott got 76 and 77 percent completion of all lessons over 30 days. It was dripped out with a text message notification each day. Gamified question, leaderboard right on their mobile device. And then uh, Capital One got 100 percent completion of 38 Unreal. member managers. Unreal. That I yeah, find that so, so hard to believe. Yeah. What What do you think the silver bullet is in getting people to 100 percent complete it? That seems hard to believe. Well, it's it's it like you got to have good content. That's a that's a given, yeah. right? But, but that's you just, said, like a, you just said a talking a talking head was in it. I mean, that's not that compelling. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think that I think the, the the value of the content, just yeah. talking head video, video quality, it's got to be good audio and good. Yeah. But doesn't you don't need high editing anymore. In fact, that'll yeah. hurt you. I'll tell you that later. But what what really matters is this learner trust. So here's the components that needs to be in a lesson. You've got it. It's got to be mobile first. It's got to be beautiful on the mobile. Mm -hmm. It's got to be a video that's one to five minutes, but no longer. Uh, it has to, they have to be able to experience that content. So nobody wants videos just talking at them. You have to give them experience. It's going to be connected to a group of lessons that has learning outcomes at the end that are very clear and identifiable in the beginning. It has to have gamification mm -hmm. that includes social learning. So they're going through something with other people. They're getting points and there's a leaderboard. And it's got to, the whole thing, like they got to learn it, got to be valuable, got, it has to complete, and they got to get recognized for it. And it has to be on their mobile device all within five to seven minutes. And if you accomplish that within five to seven minutes, you have established and maintained learner trust. If you break learner trust, 
you will not get them back. I don't care how great your content is. They will not, they will not come back. In fact, I would say content is not king anymore or queen if you'd rather. It's not. Um, how you deliver your content with great content is king or queen. So the delivery matters. And so the experience, you're basically creating an experience across mobile, desktop. Basically, you're meeting users where they're at, right? Is it, would it be the same experience across all platforms? Yeah, because what, here's the thing we did, and everybody should do this, right? Is you have to have no login. Well, how do you do that for security? Well, technology nowadays can detect the first, when someone joins, there might be an element of logging in right in the beginning. But then it can detect what devices they're using and remember that. And so that's what we did. Uh, we know which device they're using. So forevermore, they don't have to log in. And what they get is a unique learner link that works beautifully and adapts to any device they're using. So it's a it's really device agnostic. I mean, if it's mobile, it, it looks amazing. If it's a computer, it looks amazing. An iPad, it looks amazing. Um, and and the beauty of this unique learner link is you can send that out however you want. Right now, we're sending it through text or email if you want, because some companies are resistant to text messaging. They're a little behind. But, um, but you can do either. And all you're doing is messaging that there's new content. Because one of the things we found is if you give a repository of content somewhere, that's also difficult for people to digest. They're not going to go back and go back and go back and digest that. People create these libraries of content and people don't consume any of it. And so what you really want to do, you can sell subscription content if you're a marketer, sure. Or you can be a company and have your content somewhere, sure. But you should drip out lessons to people on an ongoing basis. So you can't create a culture of learning or an adoption of your material where people are digesting it and wanting to buy more from you unless there's an ongoing rhythm of receiving your content. Mm. And if you rely on them to go get it, they're not going to finish it. But if you drip it out, your text message, and there's a learner link back to what I was talking about, where when they click it, it goes right in where they yeah. left off yeah. and where the new content is, and they're going. Fascinating. Do you think that the, the day of you know in-person workshops and seminars, is that a thing of the past? Because I... You know, I the company I represent, Zenium, we still have in-person workshops that we fill up time and time again with our clients uh, who are small businesses, medium-sized businesses who are sending their managers and supervisors to learn. But yeah, we have, you know, podcasts like this. We have web courses and things of those nature. But I'm really curious what your stance is, is, is for maximizing learning and that experience, is, does it need to all be online or is there a place for in-person atmospheres well i love in person i uh i've done professional speaking got paid a lot of money for it and helps people too and i just there's nothing better than like live you know where you can look people in the eyes and impact them i love that so there's always a place for that nothing will ever replace that the sad truth is from my own experiences and all my speaker friends that are some of the best speakers in the world what happens is very few people actually have behavior change after a speech or a workshop, unfortunately. Very few. It's more companies do it because they, they need to. It's we got to train people and it, we got to make this event good. So let's hire the speakers and let's do this. But the outcomes are very small, unfortunately. And what, what the best thing to do is the hybrid. Yes, you I love do that. Both. Yeah. Okay, so you got to reinforce it. And the best way to reinforce it is with micro learning, 
because you, you don't want to go from live to some stodgy steel training system. What you have to do is go from live to now challenging them with that content you already taught them in bite-sized morsels over time and gamifying it in the leaderboard that everybody that was there. Now you're experiencing the best of both worlds. So keep the live training going. Here's a, I'm going to flip though for a second. I once took, uh, took over an organization in direct sales in my past. And we were doing, it was the best one in the organization, uh, company out of 40. I was independent, but you know, in the company at the same time. And, and I, you know, was uh, wrestling with, uh, growing this thing. And, and then eventually I just kind of go, you know what? I have to really think clearly about this and get rid of my condition thinking. And one of the things I did was I got rid of meetings and I, I cut the, our meetings down in half to the number of meetings we actually run in a year for the organization. Wow. And that, that wasn't this key thing for our success, but it didn't hurt our success. And what I did is I made our live things way better. I invested in them and I used technology. I didn't have conveyor then I would have used it, but I used whatever the best technology I could to make those meetings and after those meetings great. And I, th I just think, or leading up to them, and I just think, let's make our live, let's put a lot into our live events. But you know what? Meetings are killing corporate culture. They're killing sure. productivity. Yeah, they are. Stop running so many meetings, people. I, I cancel like half my meetings because I'm like, I my optimal time for work time is in the morning and I don't need my first part of the day slammed with meetings and and save my my yeah. worst productivity time for no meeting you know it makes no sense oh yeah and the, the end of that story is that organization started doing 10 million dollars a year when the economy is crashing and still in that space no one's ever done that still and, and that was just one piece of it but man the things we think that we need to do to impact people Sometimes they're actually hurting yeah. what you're trying to do. So going back to the the in-person workshop, I think that uh, why it's so successful, why people like it, there's a social piece to it, right? So with the micro learning, yes. how do you socialize the technology component? Yeah. So let's say, let's talk about during an event. Yeah. This is fun. Um, so you have your agenda already picked out. You could time when micro lessons are released for right after messages. And then you could have a poll question uh, that asks, what aspect of that message did you like the best? And so there's no right or wrong answer. And then immediately on their phone, they can see, you can see anonymously in percentages, how you answer compared to everybody wow, else there. Wow, how fun. So, so, now, so now you're getting real-time feedback. Speakers are getting real-time feedback and you're engaging it. Or you could do a slider where it's one to 10. You could rate, you actually rate the speakers. I don't know if you'd do that right afterwards where everybody can see it, but you could hide the results and, uh, and the admins could only see it over the event. And you could, you could have everybody rate every message afterwards. Um, you could do open-ended question. You could do like a collaboration where it's an open-ended question, but everybody can see the answers. Hey, I want, hey, we're going to do something different during this event. I want everybody to write down your most important point you get out of any message. And after every message, we're going to text you and I want you to put in that most important point and then we'll all be able to see it. I mean, you could do all kinds of really engaging things and you could give people points for participating and there's a leaderboard and then the MC from stage wow. could give people, you know, cool stuff. Now, on the flip side of that, probably even more powerful than, than during is the reinforcement stuff after that. I would do a 20 day challenge afterwards where every day they get a little morsel reinforcing the things from the event. And if you need a little time to launch that, you can launch it seven days later so you could get that together and then and deploy it based on 
you know the content from the event those little uh learning links the the little morsels you just said that you'd, you'd send out to people does that become noise after a while though do people get annoyed that okay i'm getting a thousand messages for you know and follow up to this this workshop or or this learning piece and now i'm just getting a bunch of text messages and emails and it's just it's kind of wearing me down do you ever hear anything like that you know i thought i would actually <laughs> and, I, and we don't it's really fascinating i th- that case study i told yeah, you about earlier yeah. steven shapiro you can look him up steven shapiro with a ph.com he's a, like a 20k per speech kind of guy and he launched this 30-day challenge and when he was first doing it i was concerned i said steven you know 30 text messages over 30 days to middle managers of corporate America. I'm not sure about that. And he was really adamant about it. He really felt like it was going to work. And it totally did. I mean, you're talking about, no. So, but why did it work? Because it's like good to great in Jim yeah. Collins' book. You can't just take one piece. Remember, I don't know if anybody has read it, but the flywheel concept oh, where yeah. if somebody asks you, what was the key to, key to success? Well, you can't, you can't, there is no one key to success. Okay. It's like, right decision after right decision got that flywheel <laughs> yep. going to success okay okay so 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 i don't want people to get this wrong so we can't just say oh text messaging is the answer no way if you just took some text messaging platform and started texting videos out to people you probably will lose so there's many things i talked about you have to have mobile driven it's got to be a great experience got to be content they want it's got to be reinforcing a, a great experience that was live it's got to the text message has to be short and it has to have a learner link they don't log into. It's got to go into this mobile experience. What I'm telling you is we've put all the key elements together and you have to have all the key elements. There's no one thing. So everything you're saying sounds amazing. It sounds like a utopian learning environment for me, myself. I love to learn. I read a ton of books. I listen to a ton of podcasts. And to me, it seems like for the enterprise level organization, this is easy. They have the resources. They can launch a technology platform like this. They can produce videos. They have you know trainers and speakers that they can, they can hire to come in and lead these. But our audience is mostly small, medium-sized organizations. So yeah, you're you're talking to HR people and sometimes you know small business owners, leaders listening to this podcast. How do they get started with with this mobile-first, text message-based gamification? How do they get started on any of this stuff? Yeah, so we have we started with the trainers and the people in your audience and the small business people. And um, we have a lot of those customers that still love our product and use it. And it's as simple as, I mean, everything's free, yeah, of course, of right? So you can do a free trial and it's free for two weeks. Our support will reach out to you. They'll even get a call with you free, you know, and, and help you think about, you know, you're approaching this thing and you can literally start creating lessons uh, and, and build to start building your thing. And what I tell people is don't overthink it. I'm going to give content creators a couple of pieces of advice here. The more, uh, you put into producing your videos, the less likely you're going to stay. Wow. Really? Okay. The less likely, the less likely you're going to finish your project or even mm-hmm. start it. And so what, what I tell people is what we've done is built a platform where it brings your videos to life. There's less pressure on your videos because now you can put gamification around the video. So they're more feeling like they're going through an experience with you right there. I'm going to give you guys an example. When we launched, I, I I put myself under the pressure of two days. Now, I know the software, so I don't know if anybody else could do it in two days. But I did it in two days. I built an 11-lesson hmm. course. 
in, including writing any writing I did, video creation, and uh, putting in the software and launching it and having learners in it. Okay, so two days, and there was eleven videos. They were all three to four minutes. It was a it was for business owners, and it was build more than a business. Start thinking about your life, not just your business, and make sure there's a catalyst to both. And what I did is uh, I did made it a challenge over eleven days. Uh, text message each day. And I got feedback from that, that people felt like I was right there coaching them. It literally was things I would normally do in a live coaching engagement if someone paid me a lot of money to coach them. Um, but instead, I gave it for free. And it was a little experiment because I was curious right in the beginning if these business owners would actually appreciate the points and how they would respond to that. And they ate it up. In fact, I didn't even talk about points in the videos. On the fourth, They got points every time they did something. They saw the leaderboard. On the fourth day, I invited them. This is relevant to your audience. I invited them to share it to social media. And I said, and by the way, I'll give you a thousand extra points just for fun. And boom, this thing went from when I just put it out on my Facebook for people to join. I got about 30 business owners wow. to join it. But then imme immediately went to 200 within days when that social yeah. share hit. And we have that component in the software. And I just couldn't believe it. They, yeah, they like the content, but they really were doing it to get higher on the leaderboard because the name was associated with it. And there was no reward. I didn't even talk about it. And so it was just powerful to see that. But literally, now, video, it's got to be good enough. Good audio, good background, but short. And you can do talking head videos. And I promise you, convey your will literally bring those to life where they feel like you're right there with them, coaching them. And along. you recommended no more than, what, four or five minutes? Yeah, I wouldn't do any longer than four or five minutes. And if you're if you're wrestling with that, just turn your 15 minute video. First of all, get out the three minutes of fluff yeah. and turn it into three, four minutes. And so video. you said each lesson really should have video, probably some text supporting it, and then some sort of gamification. Yep. Do you have any quizzes during the same lesson, or how does that work? Yeah, it, it's uh, you have nine different engagement formats. Wow. Them. You can view what they are, little image, and you go, do I want? You have your video, and you go, hmm. At this point in the learning experience, do I think they should do a poll or an open-ended question? Or should I give them a PDF? Or, you know, what should I do with this video? And you just pick it and you put it with it. And you put a little text with it. And you grab your YouTube link. It's that simple. Or Vimeo link. And it embeds it right in. They can't even tell it was from YouTube or Vimeo. And uh, just brings it to life. So for organizations who are exploring your tool, and I'm sure you have competitors, and maybe we could talk about them in a second. But I'm really curious for, yeah. for those that are you know wanting to get started with building a development program and giving something to their employees, how many of them are creating their own content, using your platform to create their own content versus you know farming that out or finding somebody else's course and then you know inserting that into their development, development program? What are you seeing and what works best? I think you're seeing both of those things. I think a lot of companies are farming out. Big companies are farming out a lot of times and putting these, you know, voiceover PowerPoint things together that are really boring expensive. and expensive. And, and boring. <laughs> yeah, inexpensive. And, and what I would say to the small business, let's say you're just like, man, I keep repeating this process and onboarding yeah, employees. Yeah. And I just need to replicate this or compliance. You have to get this compliance thing under control. And I don't want to bore my employees to that. Okay. Just, Get your best people. Get a, get a DSLR camera or your new iPhone. Works beautifully. Okay. Um, get a, three LED lights and a tripod, and make sure you have a cool background. It could be a in one of your offices for all that that, uh, that matters. 
and then shoot videos, cut the, do if you can do one takes. Now, if it's two, three, four minute videos, you should be able to like do three, four tries and then you can just take one of them and it's a one take. The beautiful part of a one take is now you can just cut the front and back of it and load it on Vimeo or YouTube or whatever the company uses. And now you have a link you can put in engagement to. So now you're simplifying this thing and it really should be that simple. That's literally what I did. And people loved my videos. I actually used my iPhone six at the time. Yeah. I believe it was. They produce yeah, some pretty good video. I use my yep. iPhone seven for a lot of video that I do here. <laughs> yeah. And I had good camera and everything, but I did that on purpose because I don't want anybody to have an excuse. I wanted an example and it worked. And, and you put it, you put it together and, and literally you can start replicating things that you shouldn't be doing in person because it's a waste of yeah. your employee's time. And, and you do that and you can put this stuff together super easy. Here's what I actually recommend. And I'm starting to influence companies to do this. I'm, I, I like influencing. So here's actually the best practice for a company. If you want a learning culture, meaning your employees to love learning and constantly growing and becoming more, and which is proven to impact employee performance. If you want that, then you, you can't create a culture with events. Culture is only created in an organization by something that has, is putting ongoing positive pressure on. It. And the only way to do that is having constant training that never ends. And so what you do is you create a campaign and conveyor where it drips out two micro lessons a week. And all you have to do is stay ahead of that. Now, here's what's great. Now you just take your, your camera and your three lights and you take it around the, the office and you get the best practices from mm. your best performing employees mm -hmm. in those areas. Now you're creating a learning culture because the heroes are your employees. And then other people want yeah. to be heroes too. And then, you, and then it just never ends. You're always creating and sharing best practices. And there's no friction now in the delivery of that. I love that. So if we look at the landscape of online learning options for somebody who's really trying to develop uh, internal programs. I, I mean, I see stuff on there's lynda.com, which now I think LinkedIn owns. Uh, so you have LinkedIn courses, basically. There's, I've heard of teachable.com. Convey Your is doing some amazing, you're disrupting learning and development programs. What are some other tools out there? And is it becoming so noisy? Where should people like really start to evaluate what works for them? So I think if you're like an online marketer, uh, Kajabi next seems like they have a solid platform, but they really have the marketing side down. Like if you're yeah. an information marketer. So if someone's an information marketer and they don't know how to market, that's a good option because it has a lot of that built in and they have a marketplace. However, our learning experience is far superior to Kajabi, Thinkific, and Teachable, which would be all of our competitors in that space. We don't have all the marketing mechanisms down, but you can, if you're a little bit savvy marketer, you can embed conveyor into landing pages, mm -hmm. you know, forms, and you can do everything you need to do. Um, on the, on the other side of things, you're talking about Linda and so forth. You know, you're talking about yeah. basic, basic learning. What I mean is like just videos playing and the words in front of you and, the, and the, not really gamification and things like that. And so if you're asking employees to do that, the only problem is you're asking them to do something that's a boring experience. And if you're not happy with that, then that's where you would go, okay, conveyors onto something and I need to start using that. And so, but there are some others. Um, I haven't seen their experiences, uh, but there's like Gravo. You can check out Gravo. Um, 
and uh, I can't think of the other names right now, but there's some other micro learning. If you search yeah. micro learning on Google, you'll find stuff. Um, but nobody, I mean, nobody's doing all the aspects and I don't know anybody that has done learning with X. Yeah, I, I haven't heard of that at all. And it seems like a nice pairing with everything else that you're talking about too. It's, it's a constant learning. And I feel like yeah. it, the, those ideas that I mentioned, like Linda and, you know, I've, I've done some training on my own where, you know, I have a budget and I can, you know, buy an e-course or something. The thing is, it's so fragmented. It's not consistent with what other people in my organization are learning. And uh, the experience is all over the place. So I, I like your idea of creating a very good user experience for your people and they can continue to learn together. And I'm sure that the, the social aspect of it is probably the best part. Like the gamification, the leaderboard, all those things that you mentioned seem to be the, probably that, that key component. Yeah, it's a, it's a big deal. You have to have the draw. It has, again, people want an experience and you're not going to give them an experience with just videos talking at them. And if you try and do that that way, that's way too much pressure on the content creators, whether it's the HR department or the small business person. How much pressure? I mean, if everything involved with the learning experience is in your video editing, then yeah. you're just never going to do it. That's, I think, in just hearing you talk, that is single biggest piece of advice I've heard because, you know, I'm, I'm doing a lot of the editing for some of our web-based courses. And it's funny, I want the videos perfect, but I've actually went more on your side of the spectrum, which is just get it out there because the other components that support the video are, are the most important pieces. And if I wait for a perfect video, I'm you're never going to get it done. No, no. Well, this is good stuff, uh, Isaac. We I mean, honestly, I can nerd out all day long talking about this. I I'm, I love technology, <laughs> and especially with where it's taking yeah. people. I think we have access to information, and I'm so excited for the future. Where can people learn more about Conveyor? Uh, what do you want people to know, uh, and how can they learn more about the tool or even test it out? Yeah, so conveyor.com, C-O-N-V-E-Y-O-U-R.com. There's a demo right there. You can put your name and cell phone number in so you can experience getting a link texted to you and going through it on your phone. It's just a, it's just a demo course. Really simple. You can play with it, see some of the engagement formats. Also, if you're uh, an HR person or a small business person with employees, we created the micro learning webinar, which is like 28 minutes, and it totally educates you. Uh, it's not a sales thing, no selling in it, but it's just value. And you, you'll love that. I can give you a link to put in the notes for that. And then if you're an, uh, a marketer or something like that, I, I, I have a course that I could give for free too for, for those people. Yeah, I'd love that. to. Oh, we'll put the link in the show notes. Maybe we can I can get it offline and I'll put it in the show notes for those marketers out there that are listening. Uh, I think that'd be very valuable to them. Well, Isaac, thank you so much for being part of the podcast. Uh, I'm better for it. I know the listeners are going to get a lot. Hopefully, uh, they go check out the tool and explore. I think this is going to be the wave of the future for them. Awesome, Brandon. So fun to talk with you. Thanks for listening to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast. Subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our blog at www.zeniumhr.com forward slash blog and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn to hear about the latest in HR and leadership.
The information on today's episode is for educational purposes only and should not be taken as legal or customized advice for you or your organization. This podcast is hosted and fully produced by Brandon Laws, that's me, and created and owned by Zenium Resources, Inc. For more information or to contact us, visit www.zeniumhr.com.